Warning. This episode contains strong language. And you know what we know now about, uh, we know now that, for example, businesses that have more women in their leadership make more money. I believe that. Businesses, I believe that. The other piece of that is that businesses with more diversity in general make more money. Welcome to the Lone Star Play Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Scott Armstrong. Join me and a famous guest. We discuss their career, life, food, Texas, and everything in between. Let's get started. Hi guys, and welcome to another episode of the Lone Star Play Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Scott Armstrong. Hope you're having a great day, because I am. And this podcast is going to make it even better. My guest today is Gloria Felt. I'll give you a little background on her. Um, she used to be the president of Planned Parenthood, actually, uh, for a really long time. She's been with um, Planned Parenthood since the 70s. Um, so, yeah, she was an unbelievable person to speak to. We just had the greatest conversation. Um, but uh, she's also, let me just give you a little background. Uh, so she's also, this is from Wikipedia. She's also a New York Times bestselling author, speaker, commentator, and feminist leader who has gained national recognition as a social and political advocate of women's rights. In 2013, with Amy Litz, Litzenberger, she founded Take the Lead, a nonprofit initiative with the goal to propel women to leadership parity by 2025. She is a former CEO and president of Planned Parenthood Federation of America, directing the organization from 1996 to 2005. So, you know, we, we talked about that. Uh, we talked about abortion. Um, yes, touchy subject, uh, but we did get into it. And, um, you know, look, where do I stand? Yes, a woman's right. I don't even think it should be an argument. Uh, I don't even think, you know, uh, uh, yeah, this is tough. Okay, you're going to have to listen to this one and uh, d decide where you stand. But look, you know, we just had a great conversation about women's rights. And um, I just loved Gloria. She was awesome. Really sweet woman and uh, someone I respect a lot. And, um yeah, really enjoyed this conversation. You are too. So I'm not going to ruin any of it. Um, we'll just let you get to it. So really cool conversation. All right. And uh, all right. What's the next thing, right? What do we always do here? It's time for the next segment. The bet you didn't know that segment. That's right. Bet you didn't know that. All right. So our first one from Texas Real Food, because they are our sponsor. Don't forget, go to texasrealfood.com. Um, but this is from their social media, specifically their Instagram. So follow them on Instagram, Texas Real Food. All right. Bet you didn't know there are over 250,000 millennial farmers. Wow. Okay. That's a lot of farmers. That is a lot of farmers. You know what I wonder? Is that in Texas or all over the world or what? You know, I don't know. But... Uh, <laughs> It's like an incomplete fact. Well, there you go. Now, you know, there's 250,000 millennial farmers. I would think it's the whole world. That, that's what I think. That's the whole world. That's a lot. Maybe not. All right. Kale. Oh, let's start up. 
Bet you didn't know, kale is the most nutritionally dense vegetable. That's right, guys, kale. So eat it. Stop denying yourself kale. There's many beautiful ways to have kale. So do it. From the guy who never eats kale. I don't ever eat kale. Ever. <laughs> All right. Next one. Bet you didn't know sharp knives are more likely to cut you. Is that... Uh, well, uh, okay. True or false? Sharp knives are more likely to cut you. The answer is false. Why is that, you say? Why would a dull knife more likely to cut me? Because a sharp knife is going to cut. It's not going to slip on the vegetable you're cutting. Right? You're going to get nice clean cuts and you're going to be able to do it. When you got a dull knife, that that shit is going to be sliding everywhere. Your knife's going to be sliding off, you, you know, you're going to be putting more pressure on the knife. You're going to be moving your your supporting hand and those fingers around more probably and you're more likely to cut yourself. It, it is true. So keep your knife sharp. All right. Bet you didn't know there are 2.1 million farms across the United States. That's a lot of farms. 2.1 million farms. So we got 50 states divided. I mean, I guess Hawaii shouldn't be included. And, you know, whatever. That's a lot of farms, guys. And I think most of them in Texas. A lot in Texas. That is a ton. I mean, that's a ton, right? All right. Next one. Last one. Bet you didn't know about 11% of U.S. farmers are serving or have served in the military. Beautiful. Wow. That is amazing. That's actually quite amazing. All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed that um, segment. Bet you didn't know. Make sure to check out Texas Real Food on Instagram for other food facts and fun things like that. All right. Uh, don't forget also to go to texasrealfood.com slash discover and you'll find other things uh, on the site, right? Articles, reviews, recipes. There's all kinds of cool things. All right. Oh, oh, okay. There's an actually a really cool... Um, uh, well, it's Christmas, right? So... There are Christmas dine-in and takeout in Houston. That's a cool article. So if you're in Houston, that's a good article to read. Um, it's the top places for Christmas dine-in and takeout in Houston. And look, there's other stuff on there, guys. So get on there. Check it out. It's a great, great site. Great part of the site, honestly. TexasRealFood.com slash discover. All right. Guys, what do you think? Are you ready to get to this episode with Gloria? Really enjoyed this. And look, Planned Parenthood has been in the news lately. So th this is a really relevant conversation and a great conversation. Um, so I think no matter where you stand on the argument, this is a good conversation that you'll enjoy. So let's just get to it with glory. All right. Uh, don't forget also you can check out our website, thelonestarplay.com, for any other past episodes and any other information um, about us and the website. All right. So let's get to it, guys. Gloria Felt. Enjoy. Well, great. How's your day going? Uh, you know, it's really going pretty well so far. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. How about you? Um, yeah. Not too bad. Um, had a great dinner last night at uh, 
at a Spanish restaurant in town, socially distant and all that. And uh, it was yeah. my first first time really doing that. Uh, so that, that was I felt 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 nice actually to to get out. Uh, for one oh evening. my gosh, yeah, I haven't gone inside a restaurant yet. I you know here in New York, everybody's eating outside on the street. Yeah, in that's the, what I did in too. The, in the in the noise, in the dirt, in the it's every but who cares? You know, it's so that, nice. That's my that's my favorite way to eat, actually. Uh, just in the in the busyness of uh, everything. Uh, but right. yeah, I sat out. I sat outside last night too. It was actually pretty cold. I was like, yeah. damn, I, I don't know if I'm going to do this again, but <laughs> yeah, I, I'm pretty worrying about what people are going to do Thanksgiving because I, I just saw on television that in Canada, they had a big surge of yeah. COVID after their Thanksgiving celebrations. And I'm like, I'm emailing my kids and like, no, you are not going to do a big inside thing. You are not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's uh, that stinks. Um, yeah. I don't get to see my family. Uh, we talked about it as well and just you know, just got to make that decision. And it's, uh, yeah, it's definitely yeah, very, but, very you tough. Know, next year will be better. Next year will be yes, better. Yes, so. absolutely. Absolutely. Next year will be better. We'll, we'll be fine. We'll get through one. Um, yeah, be exactly. No Maybe I'll get to come to Texas next year. Hey, there you go. You're, you're from, uh, you're from Temple, right? That's what I read. You're from, from Temple, Temple, Texas. Texas. Yes, I am. <laughs> when's, the, when's the last time you've been to Texas? Has it been a while? Ah, uh, the last time I was in Texas. When was it? Probably it was for, uh, somebody's graduation from UT probably uh or maybe it was South by Southwest I can't remember it like two two years ago I think uh, I was oh, there okay several times for okay, so. uh, different things yeah I, and I, I guess I've been to Houston since then too yeah actually I was in Houston last just before everything shut down I was in Houston for a family event yeah oh right on okay oh but, before you know. everything happened yeah before COVID yeah um yeah. Oh, well, great. Great. Yeah. Uh, Texas is, uh, well, you're, you said you're in New York. Are you, you're in New York city specifically? I am specifically smack in the middle of Manhattan right now. Who would have thought? Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. What? um, wow, that's crazy. Okay. I have a friend who's in, uh, Brooklyn and I've talked to him a couple of uh -huh. times since he's been up there. Um, uh, but it's actually been a few months since I've spoken to him. What, what's the, uh, you know, we see everything on the news here in Texas, but, but what's really, you know, what's, what's it like up there? So hold on just a minute. I just noticed my Wi-Fi was on the wrong Wi-Fi. So I'm going to do the other one so it gives better cover. Okay, so um, I, I live in Arizona as well. And I will say that I was, I was in Arizona for like six months, right after all hell broke loose. Yeah. <laughs> as New York was bad. And then Arizona got worse and worse. And so coming back to New York, the vibe is completely different. I, I'm going to just compare it to probably what's going on in Texas as well, which is people here are pretty compliant with wearing masks and social distancing and generally being careful. Yeah. You know, they had it so bad, they learned. And so in many respects, it's actually much easier to be here. Also, because you can call and order anything, anytime. <laughs> to be delivered to you <laughs> you do that's, not have to leave your apartment <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome yeah, yeah that's yeah. so true especially yeah. now right they have uh, perfected the delivery hopefully by now yes uh, oh yes yes right. absolutely are you in austin yeah i'm, I'm actually so. i'm in austin yeah, yeah. i thought you were in austin yeah okay yeah. all right yeah, yeah I, I uh yeah I, I dream of living in austin someday but probably wow. not, probably yeah. not gonna happen at this point in my life but because my kids are most of my kids are in Arizona now. They followed my daughters followed me to Arizona. So 
Ah, uh, gotcha. Okay, so yeah, that might be a tough move, right? They'll be like, "Mom, yeah. why are you going to Texas?" Right. Well, yeah. They're already <laughs> mad at me for going to New York. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I would probably say the same thing, Mom. I don't know. Is that you know? Is that the same thing? Uh, you know, my mom's actually had a very tough time with everything. Uh, my mom's very active and just you know l- likes yeah. to stay busy and. It's definitely been rough on her to not be able to get around and, and be active, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is it is bad. Uh, I am very lucky in both places where I live because in Arizona, you can still get out and walk when the weather's not too hot. Yeah. Awful when I left in August, but now it's nice again. And here I'm like a block from Central Park. So honestly, I think Central Park has kept New Yorkers sane. Nice. And the park system in general. Otherwise, you'd go nuts. But, sure. you know, I mean, walking in the park kind of saves your saves your bacon mentally. I get that completely. Um, yeah. I, that's probably the case at all times uh, for New York. That was always my favorite part of going to New York City was going to Central Park and, and yeah. walking around. Yeah. 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 Always, always it's beautiful. All good. Yeah. It's probably changed a lot. I haven't. Uh, I used to live in Philadelphia. Um and uh, let's see, 2008, I moved. So 12 years. So I'm assuming all, I haven't even been back. So I'm mm-hmm. assuming everything is just different now. I, I don't know. I've heard New York City is especially different from when I used yeah, to. Yeah, it's, it, you know, I'm fortunate in that where I live, it's still pretty busy. And, you know, there's a lot of activity. But when you walk all the way across town, the further you get from the middle, of the city there are just more stores closed more Mm. things boarded up it's it's going to take a good while for things to come back here it will come back it will come back but it is going to take a while it's 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 been so much first of all so many people have moved out of the city you know the people who are enough to have a home say in upstate or something like that they've moved to their other house yeah and those, you know, I, it's, it's, but I, I just feel like it's good to be here. It's good to help support those businesses that are here. Yeah, try that's to, awesome. I try to buy stuff and eat out a lot or have order in or whatever to try to support the, the folks that are trying to hang on. And that's fantastic. Them, I want them to be here. Yes, I think that's fantastic. That's what the, all of us that are able to do that sort of thing should do it the most we can. Exactly. Uh, uh, even more than you would normally, you know, um, for sure. A hundred percent. I love that. Um, right. you know, it's, uh, interesting. I did read a stat, uh, we'll move on from this, but I just quickly, I had, I, I read this stat about New York specifically. I think it said, you said about people moving, uh, well, you did say about people moving to their second homes. This was more about people leaving the city. I think it was like 300,000 people, uh, since the pandemic had broke out, um, have moved away, which is kind of crazy. Um, you know, mm-hmm. rent prices are dropping that, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, that's insane, which, which I get it's a, it can be expensive to live there. I mean, you're a block away from central park. That's crazy. So you must have a phenomenal place. Um, oh, well, I don't, I would say that it is, I, I mean, it's for New York. It's a yeah. good size, <laughs> you know, like this is my spare bedroom, my office, my ex, you know, like yeah. 10 other things. Right. <laughs> so it's not, but you you give up space for other amenities and, and just to be for me, you know, and it's so funny because my husband who is from Brooklyn originally, 
is always saying that it's because I'm from Texas that I love New York so much because (laughs) I grew up in these little tiny towns where there was none of this, (laughs) none of this busyness, none of this stuff, but I like both. I I, I think I'm lucky. I've had both. I I hope you can see my West Texas. I can. I've actually been looking at it. Yeah, Yeah, I can see it. It reads perfectly. Uh, No, that's awesome. Representing. And and it's next to my Bill Worrell. Oh, nice. <laughs> so I've got Texas here, right here in my office. <laughs> I love that. I love, well, Texas, if you're from Texas, like it never leaves you. Uh, everywhere I've lived, you know, all over the world, really, Texas is always sticks, you know, stays with me uh, no, no matter where I go. Indeed. So, uh, well, Gloria, again, I'm, I'm really excited to talk to you. And I, I really appreciate you taking the time today uh, because. Yeah, we're in sort of uh, some tense times. Um, and I thought, well, th- this this sounds like somebody that can help us calm down, inspire us, maybe give us some you know, hope uh, throughout this uh, podcast. So th- that's what I'm hoping for. And just some questions. I, I saw that, um, you know, you you helped run Planned Parenthood, I guess. Pre- am I saying that right? I, I don't I, you know, I don't want to mischaracterize that. But you were president of former president of Planned Parenthood, right? That's correct. Uh, and, you know, for most people, Planned Parenthood is Planned Parenthood is Planned Parenthood. Um, I actually had three different CEO positions with Planned Parenthood. First started out in West Texas. Got it. Okay. Yeah, uh, I'd read yeah, that. Uh, in, in Odessa, Midland. And like we had like uh, 17 West Texas counties. In fact, my husband just asked me, where was Loving County? He saw something about it in the, in the paper today. I said, that was in my territory. There were 200 people there. And so, uh, so I started out there and then I went to Arizona and was the CEO of the affiliate in Arizona. And then I became the national president, which I did for nine years. So I had a 30 year career in all. With wow. Planner. That's yeah, that's unbelievable. That, that is so, that's so unbelievable. You know, it's been in the news a lot lately, uh, Planned Parenthood. Um, and I get, you know, people are trying to, I guess, one side of the aisle is trying to get it defunded um, and get it taken away which is quite odd to me. Um, one, because I think, I, I don't think really people understand what Planned Parenthood does. So maybe we should start there because I think that's where the confusion comes in. Uh, you know, well, my wife, for instance, when we moved from Spain to, to America, back, back from Spain, she used Planned Parenthood for the longest time to get just care and this and questions and all, you know, birth control pills and and all, all kinds of different things. Um, and I don't think people understand that they offer, you know, all these other services. So, yeah, maybe we could go into that a little bit deeper of what, what Planned Parenthood is. Well, well, you, you, you started out by saying maybe I could give you some inspiration that, that things, things get better. And so that's a good place to start with that particular issue, because one of the things that, that is very true is that actually most people do know what Planned Parenthood does. And, uh, you know, when you survey the public, you find most people do know. And in fact, um, it's usually a a stronger, uh, there's usually more support for Planned Parenthood than there is for almost any other institution, including either political party, the Chamber of Commerce, you name it. Wow. People know and like it. But you know what? It's the people who are naysayers who always are loud. And the people who are supportive, who are always quiet, and the people who are supportive need to learn not to be quiet. They need to learn to speak up. And I know, apropos of what you were saying about your wife getting her health care there, I, I, I remember when we used to have picketers in, in in Arizona that I would have to walk through every day, 
And, and and sometimes when I would do like talk radio, they would do like, well, you got this side and you got that side. And I would say, and tell me, what is the other side of a pap smear? <laughs> you know, what's the other side? <laughs> I don't get it. So I think the good news is most people do know uh, to this day, and I have not been with Planned Parenthood for now 15 years. And and, although I still get identified that way, no matter what, I always say you have scarlet P on your head forever. It doesn't matter. (laughs) But, but the, the, uh, the thing is that, that to this day, people will come up to me and say, you saved my life. And I know what they mean. I know what they, you know, it's, it's an organization that's there for people when they are most needed and for a wide range of things. So I think that's it. I just learned not to, yeah, whatever. People can say whatever they want. They can think whatever they want. But, but I know that uh, if you know where your values are, if you know what your values are and you live by them, then it's all good. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I love that. I didn't know uh, some of that stuff. That actually does make me feel um, a lot better about it, to, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. Uh, that makes sense that the naysayers, as you put it, would be the loudest because that's usually uh, the case uh, with most things, right? The people that disagree with it get, get the loudest. Um, so, you, you know, what, um, okay, so we've got, uh, you know, pro-choice and pro-life, which first of all, I kind of hate those terms. I don't know how you feel about those terms and splitting that up. I guess you kind of, you know, t- talked about it briefly just a second there, but you know, how there can be two sides to this argument is kind of an, an odd thing. And um, but those two terms. So I'm curious, first of all, what you think of those two terms of pro-life and pro-choice? Well, I, I'd like to just make both of them go away because, in yeah. short, uh, you know, you're, what this is really about. I, I honestly, these issues, those are first of all, let me just say those are usually terms that are used about abortion specifically, as opposed Correct. to range of things that that are uh, that women's health care and family planning and all of these kinds of services that frankly, you know, 95% of Americans use birth control at some point in their lives. So again, where's the controversy? I don't forget it. You know, Um, you just have to know, you have to not get yourself thrown off. So I think both of those terms really ought to go away because in truth, what, what these issues are about and the reason I have moved from what I was doing with with Planned Parenthood and reproductive health, which of course is very important. And I'm very grateful that I have had that opportunity. Uh, but, but the reason I have moved toward the larger canvas of women's leadership and gender parity in pay and power and position is because these issues are really about whether women are going to have an equal place in the world. It's about who gets to control women's lives, who gets to control the options women have in their lives. As somebody who was a teen mom, um, I, um, I, I, I had all three of my kids by the time I was 20 and married my high school sweetheart. And, you know, I mean, like I, I drank the Kool-Aid that this was what a woman's role was, which is what we were taught, you know, in these little Texas towns uh, in, yeah. as I was growing up. And, um, and then I kind of woke up and the thing that actually helped me wake up was in fact, uh, the birth control pill, the advent of the birth control pill that let me realize, oh, wait a minute, you know what? I can actually decide for myself when I have children and if I wanna have more children or if I don't. And it enabled me to start college. It enabled me to start college when my youngest was four months old. And I started to community college and that's the other thing that I learned, which is that 
you know, it doesn't matter where you start, just start, just yeah. start, do something that will help you, that will help you, uh, help you develop yourself. And it took 12 years for me to finish. But during that time, I had the opportunity to get involved in the civil rights movement and um, some other um, uh, community service work. And what I learned from that is that people, people working together can make change. Yeah. People working together can make, even if you don't have any power when you start off. And so those are all the things that drive me and, and that led me ultimately to want to spend the third act of my life um, doing things that will, in the broader sense, bring about equality to women and men together. Because I think we are in this together, you know? Um, we gotta, yeah. we gotta work this out together, I but, but I, but I have always believed, and I always said when I was with Planned Parenthood that these, you know, those, those reproductive rights issues are really about women's role and place in the world. And if you believe women deserve an equal place in the world, well, then, you know, you need, women need to be able to, to, to control their own bodies. That's number one. But the other thing women need to have an equal place in the world is the ability to support themselves. Because when you can earn your own money, you don't have to stay in an abusive relationship. Yeah. You know, you, it, it just changes, it changes the power balance entirely and it enables equality to happen. So that's why, that's what drove me to try to figure out why women hadn't reached equality in leadership why I wrote my last book, No Excuses, Nine Ways Women Can Change How We Think About Power. And then that led me to start Take the Lead, which is the nonprofit organization whose mission is gender parity in leadership by 2025. And that's right. 2025. I, I love that. Yeah. You have to put wow. a stake in the ground, you know? You have to, have to set a goal. Right. Yeah. You got to set a goal. You got to set a finish line, right? Something to, to right. strive for. No, I love that. That's, yeah. that's amazing. Um, yeah, one of my, you know, that that's amazing. Um, yeah, that's really inspiring to to hear. To be honest with you, uh, especially during these times, uh, it's good to know that there's people out there fighting, you know, for these things that um, some people I think want to do more in their lives. I'll be honest, I, I just don't think they know the way or time could be, you know, as well. They could have two or three jobs. I get that too. I'm, I'm very respectful of that stuff. I, I don't get down with, oh, you're not doing enough. Uh, you know, maybe they got their single mom, they got all this work. They don't have time to help the same way you, you might be able to help. Um, but, you know, it's great that, you know, yeah, this is just, this is just oh, amazing. So yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. No, 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 please. You, you first. No, I was just going to say there are different stages in life. Yeah. Good point. You know, when I was good home point. with three little kids, I, I couldn't do as much either. Yeah. Good point. So you do what yeah. you can do when you can do it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. I like that. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, the, the reason I, I brought up Planned Parenthood, I know it's part of your, your history uh, before, but it's just, it's been in the news so much and I personally have been seeing it so much and it being attacked, like I've never uh, seen it. And it's just such a, you know, it's just such an odd time. I, I think, um, you know, having grown up in Texas myself and um, although I've lived a lot of other places and moved away and, and sort of came back, it's, Texas is still Texas. And, you know, I always grew up with, you know, that idea that, OK, women can't make that choice about having a child. Right. They can't make the choice of abortion or not not to have the abortion. 
And I've just never understood that argument. And but it seems like it's hasn't been at the forefront like it is now where, you know, they're just trying to attack it completely. And it's such a I mean, people make that they'll make their vote on that one choice on that one, you know, that that one policy, their whole vote will go will go towards that. And, and I've even heard that the Catholic community is worried about Joe Biden being president, being a Catholic, but being, you know, pro-choice him being for or whatever the word, you know, uh, we want to use, um, you know, so I'm curious what you think about that. Well, you know, how does that sit well, with you? Well, first of all, it isn't worse than it has been. Trust me on that. You know, yeah, it, you did say that bad. earlier. Good point. It's just bad. It's just like, but, but it, but it is always about this. It's, it's always, it always is the same ultimately comes down to the same thing. And, um, you know, again, it's the, it, you're talking about voting patterns. And when people are against something, they're more likely to be zealous and they're more likely to vote on that issue. When people are not so zealous, you know, when people are for something and usually um, people, you know, most people don't have a single issue that they vote on. They, they look yeah. at a lot of different things. And I think that I, I used to always say it was good that there were twice as many pro-choice people as anti because, because it took twice as many of us to, <laughs> to make the, to make things happen. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's okay. I, I feel like, you know, it's like, it's like Congressman, the late Congressman John Lewis used to say, you got to make good trouble. It, it's yeah. a worthy thing. It's a worthy thing to do with your life to make good trouble. So I just encourage people to, you know, not to, not to shy away, not to shy away. I, I actually have a, one of my nine leadership power tools and I developed a whole leadership program from, from uh, over time from, from my book and, and uh, with, with what I'm doing with Take the Lead, um, which I should probably clarify. We, we aren't just an advocacy organization. We do, our, our program works because we do a comprehensive program of training, uh, coaching, mentoring, role models, and thought leadership to, sort of change the narrative in our own heads to realize that we are powerful. We do have the ability to, to actually be, um, to have authority in this world. So, so that's why it works. And that's, that's why it, it works. And I, and I, and I'm trying to remember what my train of thought was here, but it was, it was, it was that, um, it was that the thing is you, um, oh, I was going to tell you about the nine leadership power tools. So, so, the, 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 the curriculum starts with re rethinking power and understanding that we don't have to think about power the way it's always been taught to us as the power over you um, and that there's a finite pie and we all have to fight over that pie. And if I take a slice, there's less for you. So I ask women to rethink that and understand that power itself has no attributes. It's what you do with it. It's like a hammer. You can build or you can break with a hammer. Yeah. And so once, once we shift that thinking that it's the power to actually innovate, create, make life better for ourselves, our families, our communities, the world, uh, I would see women's faces relax and it was like masks would fall off. And so there's that piece of it. And then there are the nine leadership power tools. This is where I'm coming back around to the answer to your question, yeah, no, no, which, is, which is that one of, the, one of the leadership power tools is wear the shirt. And the connection here is that I got the metaphor, wear the shirt, when I was a CEO of Planned Parenthood in Arizona, and we have a, a, a small clinic in a little rural town, and there were like three young women who worked there, and I was there visiting with them one day, and they said, 
every day before we go home, we have to make a decision. Are we going to wear the Planned Parenthood shirts that we wear in the clinic to look professional? Or do we take our shirts off and, you know, put on our street clothes? Because if I have to stop and get gas, if I have to get milk, do I want to have to answer questions um, yeah, about, oh, about this? Do I want? And I, I said to them, you know, I think maybe that's exactly the time you need to wear the shirt. Wear the shirt that came for me, a metaphor for letting other people know what you believe and what your values are. Yeah. And people respect people who have a point of view. And yes. even if they don't agree with you, that's true. They will respect you more if you are clear about what your values are and you're willing to share them. But, and I think particularly as a leader, you, you need to be willing to share what your deepest values are. And people will follow people with a point of view. So that's the tie-in. That's where this all ties together with, with, the, with the nine leadership power tools. Because I learned most of them from my work at Edlin Parenthood, to be honest with you. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, that's, uh, that makes sense, though. Um, are there a lot of, uh, are there men in leadership in Planned Parenthood? Oh, yeah, sure. Sure, sure, sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, it, it varies from place to place. I mean, when I was in Arizona, we always tried to have pretty much gender balance on, okay. our, on our boards and less so on the staff because, our, you know, the, um, uh, the, the health centers were seeing mostly women. Yeah. And, um, and that, uh, so, you know, they felt more comfortable with, with mostly female staff, but sometimes we had men who worked in the clinics and that, that was fine. But on our board, uh, in Arizona, we always tried to have pretty much gender balance and we alternated board chairs, male, female, male, female, male, female, very deliberately. Interesting. What is there? I mean, I guess for just the balance of it or what, what can men bring to the conversation about Planned Parenthood or women's bodies or their choice? I'm curious. Well, gender itself is a social construct. Uh, okay. Whether you're, you know, whether you, you've been socialized to think of yourself as male or female. And, you know, you may not fit into either of those binaries. You know, and yeah. I think today we're much more alert to the fact that some people are non-binary. Some people are trans. Some people are, you know, feel that they don't, that they're fluid uh, in, in their own gender identity. And, and that's, that's a whole, you know, that's a whole other conversation to have. Sure. Sure, but we absolutely. have grown up in a culture that has that has a gender binary, and so, um, but and that binary is all about power, and who holds it, and so in order to have equality, uh, in any respect, it's important to have all of the people at the table, who, in, in a in a community, in a culture, in an organization, or whatever, and so that's the reasoning behind it. Is you want to have you want to have, and, and you know what we know now about, uh, we know now that, for example, businesses that have more women in their leadership make more money. I believe that. Businesses, I believe that. The other piece of that is that businesses with more diversity in general make more money. Yes. And so I think for any organization, you want to have, you want to have diversity. You want to have different kinds of people, not just gender differences but but you want to have you want to have uh, ethnic and racial differences you want to have cultural differences you want to yeah. have uh, age differences you want to be able to have many different perspectives at the table 
in order to do the best um, innovation, creativity, uh, solve problems, and be able to understand, look, we live in a diverse society. So we need to have, we need to have everybody at the table working together to solve whatever problems we're trying to solve. So, I mean, that certainly includes gender diversity. Absolutely. No, I love that answer. I, I think that's, I think that's fantastic. That, that makes absolute uh, the most sense uh, to be frank. But my first thought was, well, what's a guy doing at Planned Parenthood? What, what's he going to know? What's no, he going to have something to do with this, you know? Guys yeah. did have something to do with friends. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's usually that's, the case. I, I, yeah. I you need a little more education, but uh, <laughs> I'll see what I can do. I'll send you a book. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure it has pictures or I won't understand it. That is so funny. That is so funny. Uh, no, but you're right. Uh, but that, that is a great way to look at it. Um, I wish more people looked at uh, things like that, uh, to be honest with you, um, about, about leadership uh, in particular. Um, you know, I was going to ask you, what what do you think, um, you know, as a woman that's listening to this episode or, or watching it, um, what would you say to them, you know, right now during this time are a few things they could be doing during the pandemic, for instance, because I'm sure do the does the advice and stuff that you have in your books and everything you write does that change because of the pandemic right now? Does that, I'm curious, you know, if, if any of the things sort of change because of what's happening. I'm really glad you asked that question because it, we are in a different time right now. And the latest data is that women are leaving the workforce at about four times as much as, as often as men, either because they have lost jobs. Because if you think about it, what are the jobs that women have typically held you know, childcare centers close, yeah. uh, healthcare, you know, the many of the health, I mean, obviously healthcare systems are overrun because of COVID, but the basic healthcare is been cut back because people aren't, you know, people aren't going for their regular healthcare. They're trying to stay away from medical offices. So many women in healthcare have lost jobs. Many women who have been in education have lost jobs. Uh, so women have lost jobs at greater numbers than men, but also the burden of caregiving still in our society tends to fall on women's shoulders more than men's. That is an, an inequality we need to start working on. And I think if there's something that the pandemic has shown us, it is that we really need to have more, uh, more, more um, let's say, shared parenting responsibilities Yes. Um, because, because it's the women really more than the men who are saying, I just can't, I can't do this job and be a teacher for my kids here at home. I can't, you know, I just can't. So those who can leave the workforce financially, um, who, you know, if there's a two earner family, it's usually the woman who will leave the workforce rather than the man. And so we are getting set back in our progress toward equality quite a bit. So I think that what women can do during the pandemic, first of all, is not to lose sight of who they are and what their intentions have been, what their goals will be, because in another year, it's going to be better again. I mean, we now know there will be a, there will be a vaccines. It's going to take yeah. a while for them to get to everybody. It's going to take a good while before people feel safe and comfortable, say, sending their children to school full time or, or whatever, but, but it will happen. And so one of the things that I, I often think to myself for my own self is what am I going to wish I had done 
in the time that I had during this pandemic, that I'm not traveling, I'm not going out, you know, I'm not having meetings, I'm not getting on a plane and going to make a speech in Kalamazoo. I, you know, I'm not spending that time, I'm not spending that money. What am I going to wish I had done and used my time better during the pandemic? It's not just baking bread. I love to bake bread. And I hope we get to talk about food, by the way, because yes. I, I wanted to be sure that we could talk about food because I love the name <laughs> of the podcast. But, 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 but it's, you know, it's cool that people are learning how to bake bread. I, you know, that's cool. But what are you going to wish you had done? So it's a good time to, for example, brush up on some skills. It's a good time to maybe do some reading you hadn't had time to do before uh, in your, you know, to help your, whether it's self-help or whether it's whatever it is that makes you feel you're learning something and you're, you're, you're being able to think, you need to keep thinking. Um, that, those are the kinds of things that I think about. And I, I actually, so at Take the Lead, we've had to pivot um, all, of our, all of our courses to virtual yeah. And um, so the first thing we did, actually, was we started just providing a lot of free things, you know, free content for people on about the issues that they were worrying about, like, how am I going to deal with my kids? And how am I going to do this? Yeah. And but as time has gone on, what what we've tried to do is to think about, well, what is going to help women reenter? And so we are going to be launching early next year, we will be launching some opportunities for women to rethink their career path. Um, maybe they need coaching, maybe they just need to sit down and get a process to what we call to do a strategic leadership action plan. Um, what, you know, the goal setting, the intention setting. Um, so we'll be doing more online courses, we'll be uh, offering more coaching and those kinds of services for women to help them get back on track. Because, um, yeah, a pandemic is a good time to rethink. Maybe you yeah. weren't happy doing what you were doing. Sure. So get a new skill. So that when opportunities open up again, you can do whatever your heart desires. That's a that's great advice. I love that. Um, do do y'all offer the courses in other languages? Oh gosh, I wish we did right now. I do have. I have. Uh, I have been uh, training other people to deliver the the curriculum, and we do have several of our leadership ambassadors who are trainers who are Spanish speaking. Yeah, that's and what I was going to ask. Or, Spanish. Maybe one or two who speak in an Indian language. Uh, I mean, like uh, uh, South Asian Indian sure. language, and sure. uh, and and one or two who speak French. I think, but we haven't translated the whole program into yeah. other languages. But we are certainly open to that. We would love to do yeah. that. Well, I was thinking about my wife. Uh, she, although she's an, a citizen and um, she speaks English. Uh, Spanish is by far her mm -hmm. most commanding language. And, um, you know, I mean, we only communicate in Spanish. We, we don't even oh, speak okay. English to each other. So I know she would be very interested in this, but she would. I know the first her first question to me is just like, is it in Spanish? Otherwise, in Spanish? Well, you know, if she would like to become a leadership ambassador, then we could actually do the training in Spanish. <laughs> well, that's interesting. Um, wow. Uh, always wanna, open to that <laughs> yeah she's i mean she's you can, you can just look at our website uh take the lead sure. women.com and go to the leadership ambassadors and you I'm see what her. you know you can you can just let me know there uh if if you're interested anybody who is listening uh can just let let us know there if you're interested in becoming a leadership ambassador and then we provide the we provide the curriculum and the training and how to deliver it and and what are the particular parts of it that really help give women these breakthroughs in their leadership um, intentions and capabilities. And 
So then, then you can go do it as a business of your own is basically awesome. what we're trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm going to tell my wife about it. You know, she's, uh, yeah, she's, yeah, that, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I know. I, and we do get requests. We actually do get re more requests for Spanish language, uh, than, yeah, than, I would imagine. So, uh, for sure. Um, yeah, that, that absolutely makes the most sense. Um, you know, you, you mentioned something earlier that I, I didn't want to interrupt you, but I had a question about, you were saying, um, which I agree with, uh, shared, responsibility for you know the birthing process if you will mm -hmm. right parenting uh in general not, well not the parenting part because that i think people do split well maybe not all the way but you know yeah. that initial you know it could be better but you know the initial part the woman gets pregnant it's it's really the woman's doing all the work you know mm -hmm. so yeah i just do want to talk about that what one what can men do more to help out and what what can women suggest to men or what can they do to help that process even? Mm -hmm. So the, the answer that always comes to me first is a simple one word answer. Listen, <laughs> <laughs> listen, just listen and you're going to find out. <laughs> she will tell you what you can do. <laughs> love that. So listen I'm, and hear. Hey, listen it, it, and hear. I always tell my husband that because he's he's he 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 likes to make sure that I know that he he can hear very well yeah. when I'm saying to him, <laughs> "Did you hear what I said?" And I I'll say back to him, "I know you can hear, but did you listen? Yeah. <laughs> listen, listen, take it in." And and it's honestly, I mean, it it is kind of amusing to say that, but the truth is. It, it, again, it has to do with power balances and the level of privilege that you have. And, you know, people who have had more power and more privilege don't listen as well. They haven't had to. And yeah. one of the reasons why companies with more women in their leadership make more money is because women have been socialized. You have to listen. People with less power have to be able to listen. So women are better at reading the room. Women are better at kind of like sitting yeah. back going, I, I know what's really going on here. This is yeah, what yeah. this is what's real. This is what's not being said that is really going on. So so I say that jocularly, but it really is true. I mean, that yeah. one word, just listen, just listen and you'll hear and you'll know. That makes sense. Uh, I think in any part of life. Uh, right. Listen to the woman. What, what, that's what my wife tells me all the time. I need to listen. <laughs> so I'm not uh, alone. <laughs> No, she's like, you're deaf. You're playing deaf. I know, you know, uh, I'm like, no, I promise there is. I lost some hearing. She's like, I don't believe you. <laughs> we, I mean, we joke about it all the time. Uh, you know, it's such a funny thing between us. Uh, you know, it's yeah. true. It's true. Oh, yeah. She's going to, she's going to get a kick out of this episode um, for sure. Um, yeah. Okay. Glory. So, yeah, that was another uh, question that I had as well, which is, um, so, yeah, what, you know, what women can do, that's basically what I want to talk about here the most is, and I, I do want to, you know what, okay, this will be the last question before okay. we get to food, because I, I definitely okay. want to talk right. food with okay. you. So, right. uh, so I guess, you know what, forget my question. Is there anything that you would like to bring up that I haven't brought up before we get to food? That, that's a much better question. Oh, my goodness gracious. Well, I, I, first of all, it's just been, it's really fun talking with you. This is, this has been a lot of fun. 
And, awesome. um, and I, I really appreciate it. I appreciate your questions. And uh, I think you've been just, you know, spot on about important issues that needed to be talked about today. And I would just, um, I would just want to encourage everybody who's having difficulty right now in the pandemic to know that, that um, generally speaking, the, uh, the build back is usually is better. And at times like this really create more innovation than any other time in, 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 in our lives and in our history. And so as difficult as the situation may be, and I think, you know, again, for women who have had their careers disrupted and men who have had their careers disrupted, to think of this as that kind of a time. And we will look back on it and we will have, we will have learned a lot. We will have done a lot. And I hope that one of the things that will happen as a result is that we'll be more cognizant of the need for everybody to share in in the uh, leadership and the, the power in our, in our society. So that's really, I mean, for me, that's really what simple justice and social justice is all about. Everybody ought to have a chance to, yes. you know, to live their best life and contribute their best skills. So that's my little sermon for the day. That's it. I love it. I love it. I, I couldn't agree more with all of that. I think that's fantastic. Uh, I'm excited for this episode to get out and for people to hear this. Um, that's the truth. Um, okay, well, let's let's move to some food. Okay, okay, so you, so what do you? Okay, this is something I always ask uh, people about food. What, what's your favorite dish to uh, to cook at home? My favorite dish to cook at home. Oh boy. Well, actually, I guess I do come <laughs> back to bread. I probably do come back to bread. Okay. Uh, I, I feel that bread. First of all, I'm a breadaholic. <laughs> I'm just a breadaholic. I cannot. I've never heard that before. That's I cannot get through a day without bread. I know that I would get rid of the spare tire that I've always carried around <laughs> if I would stop eating so much bread. But I just happen to love bread, so I've given up. I've given into it, and um, and and I and I think I think making bread is probably is my my favorite. And I'll tell you a little story. And I actually one of my podcasts I wrote. I I talked about bread and the art of leadership. And and the and and the and the similarities and the things that now so when I was in West Texas, um, we had a very small Jewish community in West Texas, and one of the things that we discovered though was that everybody liked what they considered traditional Jewish food. So the ladies of the sisterhood, which I was involved with at the time, uh, would make these meals, and I learned the best recipe for making challah from the mother-in-law of one of one of my friends. And all of my friends then wanted the recipe and it ended up, I think, getting published in the Odessa newspaper. Oh, wow. And everybody in West Texas was making this challah. And so what I realized <laughs> is, that, is that the thing that can bridge people of all kinds of people is making bread together or sharing a recipe. And I'm going to just tell you, it's probably the best bread in the whole entire universe. So that's my favorite thing to make. And it's the thing that I do when I want to give a gift to somebody um, or uh, because they always love it. So it always makes me feel very good. That's my favorite. But but the other thing I should tell you is getting back to the Texas plate here is that especially in New York, I love to make chili. Yeah, I love to make chili. And I, I learned to make red chili from the moms when I was teaching Head Start and we would do these big chili dinners. Yeah. So I would, you know, I will make huge pots of chili and, and serve it to, you know, I used to be able of course have 
lots of people in my apartment, but now I just have to take them little bags of it. Yeah. But chili is just food for the soul for me. No beans, right? Do you use well, be- no be- beans? I, but I do the beans separately. Okay. So okay. that I mean, you can. I'm a bean. I'm a bean and chili person. Yeah, you like it. Okay. I yeah. like it. Yeah. But I don't I, mind it. But I, you know, I like to have all of the accompaniments separate and have the chili itself just be the pure chilies and meat. I like that. And, and everybody can put whatever they like on it. And it's kind of fun to see New Yorkers try to figure it out. <laughs> it's even more fun to try to see New Yorkers try to figure out what to do with tamales. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, so I, I get a kick out of that. That is so funny. You just like watch. You just get the camera out, and they're just like, "Why are you filming me?" I just watch. Just All right, like, do you eat see. This, like this yeah. thing that's on the app? Do you like or do you like oh. National Geographic? It's just like right, just like. Oh, that is too yeah. funny. That yeah. is so funny. Uh, what is there any? I can't remember ever going to get Texas food up in the Northeast. To be oh, frank. it's hard. It's hard, but right? there's like now. There's a lot more now. Um, okay. I made friends with a woman here in New York named Zarella, Zarella Martinez. And she, for many years, had a wonderful restaurant um, on the east side that I, it was actually recommended to me by a, a Mexican chef in, in, in Phoenix. That oh, I, nice. restaurant I used to go to in Phoenix. And um, so she had, she had excellent, was, was excellent Mexican food. Not as much Tex-Mex, um, but... She had more Mexico City and other areas of Interior. Mexico. Interior, yeah, yeah. Text Mex when 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 we would ask her to do it, um, th- but there are more now. There are a lot more now, and I think that um, I think that it's still hard to find really good Tex Mex here, but you can find good Mexican food of some kind from some region or another. That's good. Yeah, that's good. for sure. New York has you know amazing. Uh, options uh, for food goes yeah uh tex-mex is hard to get outside of texas and get it uh good you know it's it's the quality is always i, don't, I remember in spain i went to a tex-mex place and it was the worst experience of my life <laughs> hands down i mean i remember just looking at everybody working there uh, you know like the guys just I shut could- it down shut it down this is a disgrace yeah you got a picture of john wayne up here he's not from <laughs> texas right i what's he doing up here Oh, no. Oh, how they just were mixing everything. It was just like this mix of it. And the food was just they don't have tortillas in. I don't even think there's tortillas in Europe, period. Mm -hmm. I I don't know. Uh, Mm -hmm. Never ran across. Maybe every once in a while you can find a bag at a grocery store of some flour tortillas or something. But, you know, they're not eating tacos or anything. So. um yeah it's just a total nightmare for me uh i didn't realize that i was like oh man there's no tacos over here what am i gonna do with my life i'm gonna do i know i on, on my first uh, only actually only visit to to the hague i was <laughs> astonished that very near my hotel there was a mexican restaurant so of course i had to go eat there yeah of course well, i had the same experience you had yeah. <laughs> now don't don't even bother don't bother Yes, Make it I th- or yes, do something or else. Go back to Texas. <laughs> go back to te- that is so funny. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the bread, you make this bread, challah bread. T- just tell us quickly a little bit about that bread of what for people that may not know. Sure. Uh, sure. So challah is uh, traditionally challah is it's a, it's a soft white 
bread that um, is is traditionally made on the Sabbath to have as part of the Sabbath dinner. And um, but now you can get it anywhere. You know, you can get you can get it everywhere. It's generally braided. So it's kind of pretty. And sometimes it has poppy seeds or sesame seeds on top. And the curious thing about this things about this particular recipe uh, are things like you're supposed to boil the water first and then let it cool back to lukewarm. Now, for most yeast breads, you just start with lukewarm water. Yeah. In this one, you boil the water. I don't know what the magic is, but you boil the water first. You let it cool back to, to, to lukewarm. The other thing is that you don't preheat the oven. And so there's something about that, that, that the chemically in the rising of the bread, um, it just, it, it, it has a more cake-like texture than, than, than the hollow you get at the grocery store. So those are two things that are different about, it's also, it's a rich bread. This particular recipe has a lot of eggs and sugar and yeah. flour and all kinds of stuff we're not supposed to eat, but yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Do you have to let the the uh, the dough uh, proof is same as any other sort of bread, yeah. or is there? Yes, twice, twice, twice. twice. Yeah, yeah. Twice. Most twice. most yeast yeah. breads. Yeah, you you yeah. do you uh, let you let it uh, rise once, and then you um, you knead it until it's really silky smooth, which is one of the good things about making bread. I mean, you know, it's like this physical thing that you do. It's a workout and, for sure. It's a workout, and then you let it rise again or, 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 i'm sorry then you yeah then you shape it into if, if you're going to braid it or if you're going to put it into some other format and let it rise a second time and then at that point you brush it with egg and if you want to put seeds on top you can do that it also makes super good cinnamon rolls oh really yeah super good cinnamon rolls yeah that makes yeah. sense i don't know if yeah. i've ever had a cinnamon roll like that oh yeah it, it makes it makes really good cinnamon rolls yeah now i have a daughter who is kind of a really a good chef i mean she actually had her own catering company for a while um <clears throat> and she she has done fancy things with it like she'll use different kinds of flour and put flax seeds in it and you know make it healthier and I have to say, as much as I love her, I'll just stick with my plain, you know, my my pristine white flour, white sugar, eggs. Perfect. Recipe. The way it is. Yeah. I, I feel like that's the better way to go with it. It's just a whole different thing when you use whole wheat flour or, yeah, you want to have it healthier for your kids. But that, sometimes you have to have things that are not so healthy just to, you know, uh, yeah. good. Yes, just yes. you're good. Absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, being a chef myself, I think probably her, her mentality is you just like to play with things. Yes. Yes. You know, that's really uh -huh. all it is. You get bored with doing the same thing over. You're like, you know, let me just try something else. Right. But it's not, not that it's going to be better or that it just honestly out of boredom, you will just start right. uh, taking some, that that's the true, uh, you know, something I learned as a chef early on was the good chefs that I worked with taught me, you know, take something familiar and give it a twist. Yes. So, uh, yes. you know, I'm sure that's what she's the approach yeah. she's taking. Um, any other? Yeah. What do you... No, no, go ahead. What were you going to say? I was gonna say? Similarly, I have a potato roll recipe that I, I cut out of a, a women's magazine when I was back being Susie Homemaker with my three little kids at home. And uh, yeah, I, I did that. I did that. But, you know, that was. That was, I always call that the, she, my kids all went to Permian High School. So 
So I used to call that the Friday night lights part of my life. Uh, <laughs> and I, I was Susie Homemaker. I did. I did it. I did it all. So yeah. I cut this potato roll recipe out of a women's magazine and, and it has stood us, stood our family in good stead for all these years, but it's the same thing. My daughter, you know, she frou-frous it up. She tweaks it. Yeah. She, I stick with the little... same old. You have to have Betty Crocker potato buds, which you have to order from some specialty shop now because they don't even sell it in the grocery stores anymore. Oh, I, I was like, what is that? Yeah. I didn't even heard of that. But it's so good. <laughs> what's the what's the one food you miss uh, from Texas the most, you think? Uh, I would say the one food that I miss the most, because I can make most of the Mexican dishes that I like. Yeah. But, but that I, I miss really good Texas barbecue. I get it. I miss the, I I miss that that. barbecue that you can get, you know, you know, those places in central Texas where the old guys sit out and they've got their pits in front of their, their houses and you can just stop and all they have is barbecue until it sells out and they slice off the barbecue and they have, maybe they have some potato chips and white bread, but that's it. That's all they, you know, and, and red soda pop. That's all you can get their store. But those, that barbecue is like, can't get that in New York. I've tried a lot of the barbecue places and they've tried in New York, but it just, you can't do it. I think you have to have Texas air. I could, that's actually a great point. Uh, We've talked about that. I've talked about that a lot with a lot of different people over the course of years, uh, to be frank with you. I actually just had a uh, pit master on from a very famous uh, barbecue place outside uh, outside of Houston called Truth Barbecue. Um, ah. they're in Houston too. So I guess next time you go, you should check okay. them out. Truth, truth that, barbecue. Truth. Okay. I'm going to remember yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, he, you know, we were talking about that, about, you know, the different barbecues and how they get made and the air does have a lot to do with it just because, you know, using offset smokers, mm-hmm. right? So the airflow is the whole process of how it cooks. So yeah. yeah, it's, it's, it's going to make sense that the air will, will have a, a significant, um, you know, effect on the flavor. Very yeah. interesting. Very. So yeah, that, that makes total sense. Very insightful, um, you know, critique really, uh, to, to be honest with you, but I get the barbecue thing, missing it, uh, not, not having it around. Um, Texas has the best barbecue in the world, in my opinion. I know there's good barbecue in other places, but the thing about Texas is even like our worst barbecue is still better than, you know, anywhere else. So, you know, you just, it's really hard to get bad now barbecue. Right now, you're making <laughs> me smell it. I'm just like, <laughs> oh man, that is too funny. That is so funny. You know, I get so, you, you know, I should just go eat barbecue because I haven't had it in a long time, to be honest with you. Cause it, you know, you're, it's just around all the time. So I'm just, well, I'll just, mm-hmm. we'll get it another time, you know, but now you're making me, uh, yeah. want to go get some. So I'll, I'll make that yeah. happen. Um, well, Gloria, this has been, you know, this has been such a great conversation. I got to tell you, um, I just really appreciate you taking the time today and, and talking with us. Was there anything about food that I didn't bring up that you wanted to throw out oh, there? I, you know, there's, um, there's so much, there's so much. You, <laughs> just, just getting, thinking about this, I started thinking about so many childhood memories of Texas food sure. and, I guess the only thing I would say is, is just to share with you is that one of the things I started thinking about was, so my grandmother immigrated through Galveston, married, literally had to get married on the 
train that she came from New York to Texas on and moved with her husband to a little town called Rogers in central Texas, a farming community of 500 people. She had never cooked. She had, so she learned Southern cooking there. Wow. And so I, and she was my main caregiver for my first six years of my life. So I always, yeah, I was with my grandmother a lot. And, and I started thinking about all of those like good Southern dishes that she used to make and longing for them. So um, I'm going to have to, I got to, I have to go to the grocery store right after this and load up on on ingredients and start cooking. (laughs) I get it. I I totally get that. Yeah. Those, and those memories are the best when you think about, uh, you know, with your family and eating food and yeah, yeah, I I get that. That's hot water cornbread. He made hot water cornbread. I could live on it. (laughs) Oh, that sounds delicious. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. More bread, more bread, more bread. Yeah. But Hey, I love bread too. I'm with you. Uh, I'm a big bread eater myself. Uh, I like bread at almost every meal to be frank with you. Um, you know, so. Oh, good. Hopefully we'll break bread together sometime. Hey, that would be fantastic. Absolutely. Uh, that would definitely be great. Well, look, Gloria, I wish you, um, you know, the best up there in uh, New York, um, where you're at, uh, my best to your family and just, you know, hope you guys, uh, just stay safe through this. I know we're getting sort of into, uh, you know, it's look another wave coming, right? So we've all got to buckle down again and sort of, uh, not, not forget that this virus is still happening, which I think is happening to some people. Um, so yeah, just my best to you guys up there and, uh, you know, hope everything goes well. And again, I just, I thank you so much for, for this wonderful, uh, interview our listeners are just going to be thrilled thrilled with this absolutely my pleasure thank you it's been great great fun great questions lots of good conversation and good food talk <laughs> awesome, great awesome all right well again be safe we'll talk soon bye-bye bye-bye the lone star plate podcast is produced by texas real food go to texasrealfood.com and you can search your city for stores butchers, restaurants, farmers markets, and more who are using fresh, artisanal, organic sources. It's a fun site that brings all natural options all together. I hope you enjoyed this episode. For more information, go to thelonestarplay.com. I'm your host, Patrick Scott Armstrong. Until next time.